Minisode! Did we nail it? <laughs> Welcome to the Ion Horror Minisode about Scream 6. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Ghostface takes Manhattan. <laughs> yes. Get, get get ready for round one because uh, Korea and I have already promised a heavyweight fight on this one. Oh, maybe. I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we maybe we will agree on what maybe we misunderstood each other before. But anyway, mm. let's start with the beginning. Uh, Samara Weaving. Yep. Can we oh just my say yeah. she is a legit screen queen now? But see, this is the cool thing about this. First of all, she earned that title with Ready or Not. Yeah, and that's the thing. She worked with Radio Science on that, so it only made sense that she'd appear in Scream. But before we say another word, if you have not seen Scream 6, go see it because we're going to spoil the crap out of it. Um, or if you don't mind it being spoiled, listen on. But uh, if you if you do don't want it spoiled, hit stop, go watch it, and then come back because we got some stuff to say. But anyway, Samara Weaving, she usually is like the final girl, the heroine, but she gets to get killed in this one. And it's actually kind of, you you know, you're in for a different take on the Scream movie right from this one, because it starts out pretty typical. She's, you know, there, she gets the phone call she and she gets killed. And then they unmask Ghostface immediately. Well, even before that, it plays out like a Tinder date. Like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, lost. Yeah, Where mm-hmm. is it? This yeah. street? Oh, I'm just in this alley. Oh, and also it should be noted that Samara Weaving's character is a uh, college professor oh. specializing in media studies of slasher movies. As if I couldn't love her more. Right. Hearing her <laughs> in her actual accent. She, is she Australian or New Zealand? Uh, I believe Australian. Hearing her talk intelligently about horror movies like that in that accent, I'm like, oh, Samara. Now I'm getting creepy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Now you're going to be ghost face. I swear every time they do one of these intros, I'm like, how, how can you do an original take on this? Cause even the scream four one was, was a lot of fun, but it felt like, all right, I feel like we've reached the end of like doing these intros. And then six, just like even before immediately unmasking ghost face in that, which was incredible. Just the lead up of like, Oh, it's like a Tinder day. Oh, is she going to save someone who's, who's about to be ghost face. And then she gets ghost faced and you're just like, Oh fuck. And just like the trap of it. And like, God, it was so good. But it's revealed that there are a couple of guys who basically have followed. The whole premise of it is Sam or Tara has gone off to college in New York with the twins. And Sam has followed her because she wants to keep her safe from Ghostface because they have become. Four, four. Yeah, they, four, four, baby. they have become kind of celebrities and it's sort of like what happened to Sydney, where people are kind of like, you know, hassling them because of their role in these murders to the point where Sam is actually being blamed for them by some Internet people. So it turns out that the guy who kills Samara Weaving's character and another guy, they want to recreate these murders and actually get the Carpenter sisters, which is like right away, you know, you're like, OK, this is, you know, first of all, this isn't the whole plot. You know that. And, and it isn't because the, the thing is, this movie, I don't even think on a first cursory thought you can count the number of ghost faces in this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it does pile up. And, and and the thing is, it's not just because it's set on Halloween. So there's tons of people dressed as Ghostface, but there are actually a lot of Ghostface killers like Ghostface who who are actually doing the killing. And two of them you get right at the beginning. I think there is a number. I think it's six. I, it, that's what that one interview said. And we'll get to that because yeah. another way this kind of flips the script and we're jumping way ahead. But there are three legit Ghostface kit when, when Ghostface is unmasked, there are three. OK, here's where. I think ring the bell for round one. I think, okay, first of all, I'm going to go, I'm going to say 
this is my second least favorite Scream movie. And that just basically goes to say, Boo. that's going to that just goes to say how strong the franchise is, because the worst Scream movie is still better than most of the horror movies out there. But here's my take on it. I think it was too safe, especially after killing Dewey in Scream 5. You're like, oh, OK, all bets are off. No one is safe in this one. Too many people live because they bring back Kirby who now works for the FBI, which is actually kind of brilliant because after the trauma she went through in Scream 4, she is she's dedicated her life to stopping that kind of thing. And she says that that iconic line, the I didn't want to be afraid of the monsters. I wanted to be the thing that monsters are afraid of. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh. And then they bring back Gail and then they bring back, they call themselves the core four, but it's Tara, Sam. And I don't remember the names of the uh, Chad and Mindy meet Ch- Chad and Mindy. God, how could I forget his name was Chad? He's such a Chad. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Chad and Mindy, they bring back all of them. And now I'm really going to spoil this, but they all freaking live. Well, this is a spoiler episode. And the thing is, there are red herrings. Like you think at one point you think Mindy gets killed. At one point you see Chad get killed. And that's my real problem. And then you think Gail gets killed. And then they say later, they're all, oh, she's at the hospital and she's okay. And and then you see freaking Kirby get killed, but she's wearing a bulletproof vest. It's, uh, it's like, okay, especially after killing Dewey. You got to shed some blood. You got to kill. Off. And they even made a big deal about franchises. Even main characters are not safe. Ugh. And go ahead. Counterpoint. Fuck you. I loved that. I love that because, first of all, the counterpoint is you are wrong. The counterpoint, the counterpoint is fuck you. No. Well, my counterpoint on that counterpoint is that it's a double subversion because, yeah, they set it up like, oh, you're going to see main characters die. Yeah, and it seems like they do. And honestly, I think it's I, I think it's funnier when it, it seems like a character dies and they survive like that. Especially since, like, you don't see any of them die. You see them get attacked a lot. And I like, and uh, come on, Gail can't go out like that. Like, that was a great fight scene. That was a great moment. But for her to just go out by some, like, basically rando at that point, no, that that's not how Gail's going to go out. And I loved that. Tell Sydney they didn't get me. That's how you yeah. knew she was going to survive because Gail is a, is a fighter. She's going to survive this, you know, unless you put a fucking bullet between her eyes, Gail is coming back. And even Chad, like he was getting the shit stabbed out of him. Don't get me wrong. It, he was the one that I was like, oh, he's definitely going to go. You and then he did it. Get the shit stabbed out of him. <laughs> I mean, shit stabbed out of him. That was a lot. But I know. Double teamed. But I like what Jacob said. It's a double subversion because they do put so much emphasis on, oh, it's the rules. Oh, it's the rules. But don't forget what the main ghost face, you know, the, the reboot ghost face said after the first kill of the movie. He said, who gives a fuck about the movies? They weren't going by the rules with this they used a shotgun that's what this movie is it's fuck all the rules we already did the requel thing with five so this is and again the ghost faces don't give a shit about the movies they were just avenging the uh, richie uh from the first film and so them all surviving i thought that was brilliant because it's like you are going in expecting oh which legacy is going to die which one of the core four is going to die you know and the fact they all lived and get to you know, fight another day. I thought it was really smart. I thought it was great because again, if you killed another legacy character, especially if, if Gale died in this one, then it would just be like too much like, ah, so what? So Sydney's going to die in the next one. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those. It, I thought it was a nice subversion of tricking you into thinking, all right, the, do we die in the last one? Someone's definitely going to die in this one and have no one die. 
I thought that was brilliant. But the fact that they showed so many of these people, quote, die, and they didn't, that means they can actually bring Jill back for seven. <laughs> the defibrillated brain didn't kill her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And I yeah. and I did really like, because um, everyone is very adamant, Stu is not coming back. And they had yeah. that little thing of like, oh, I saw this in a movie with the head coming down to show the killer die. I thought that was a great fuck you to all the people that are like, yeah. no, Stu's coming back. And it's like, no, he took a TV to the face. Like, he's not coming yeah. back. <laughs> yep. And he was stabbed. He was stabbed before the TV. Like, he- so, so since we're spoiling and yeah. Kree already kind of mentioned that they're avenging Richie, the, one of the killers from the, from five, it's actually uh, Dermot Mulroney's police character and his two kids, which both of them are in the main circle of kid. You know, one of them's a slutty roommate and the other is the, what did they uh, call the him? The nerdy virgin guy. Yeah. The nerdy virgin guy. <laughs> Those are your three killers there. And I think the sixth is, spoiling again sam puts on the ghost face outfit to kill <laughs> yeah, i 100% accept that narrative that there were six it makes killers sense. yep sam was the six yep and also it bookends with the original scream because remember uh, yep. sydney puts on the ghost face costume at the end of the original Yep. Mm-hmm. I still think Sydney has the highest body count of the entire franchise because <laughs> I mean, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Between all the killing that she's done in self-defense. <laughs> and with that, they do give like a not throwaway line, but they do say like Sydney is sitting this like They legit just say Sydney sitting this one out. Her and her family are going to a safe place and hiding. Let her have her happy ending. I like yep. that a lot. I like that they yeah. addressed it. They didn't just go, oh, no, did you hear Sydney got killed in her house or some bullshit <sighs> like that? Like, they're like, no, Sydney's alive. And yeah, after five movies, I think she does deserve to get to sit one out. We all know that, you know, there, there was some behind the scenes stuff about pay that was a factor in yeah. all of it. But in all honesty, like, I don't know what the original script or the other script that had Sydney in it, like how she would have played in this, but how six played out. I thought it played out very well. And to try to put Sydney into that would have felt like shoehorning. Like even Gail felt a little bit of a reach, but also like I got it. You know, like I understood like why Gail was there. She wanted to write another book. And and I did like that Sam had a bit of like kind of like Sydney and two and three of just like, fuck you, Gail. You just want to write another book. Yeah. That was my only complaint was like that whole connection. They got over that very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and also back on Gail real quick. I, that bit with uh, her... Uh, try, uh, trying to interview uh, Sam and Tara and then Sam takes a swing at her and she misses and Gail's like I've been doing this you know long enough and then Tara bops her in the face yeah that bit killed me she's all sorry I hit you and she's like no you're not you're right I'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, again this said some really good gags I think that the whole reason Sydney was coming back was because of Dewey, because Dewey was her best friend's brother and they grew up together. There was a loyalty there that she didn't have with Gail, even though her and Gail had been through a lot of the same shit. She didn't grow up with Gail. And in fact, for a lot of the movies, a lot of the franchise, she hated Gail. So now that Dewey's gone, there's not really a reason for Sydney to come back. Except maybe to avenge. So I could see like Sydney coming back because these are... Uh, but even then, like she kind of got that in five. So like, I, yeah, you know? but even five, I felt like Sydney played such a smaller role because of the new cast and everything in it. I didn't, I'm not saying that Sydney was shoehorned in five, but I don't know if the motive felt a little disconnected there. Anyways, that being said, I really hope that they figure out to bring her back in a spectacular way for seven, because it really does feel like there's a trilogy here. Mm-hmm. And I know that the radio silence has said that they're operating on. This is our one chance 
chance is our only time we get to make this uh, screen movie. So we're going to, we're going to act like this is the last one, but there has to be something there with Sydney and they have to do something with Billy because like the whole Billy yeah. thing in five didn't really work for me except for like, Oh, he's back. Cool. We got, we got Go, uh, the original ghost face is kind of a ghost. Yeah. Which is cool. He's, he's a ghost face literal and i feel like they did a better job with that and dealing with skier like and sam and like their interactions and whatnot it, it felt more natural in this one uh and that they were doing more with it but they got to do something with it mm. did you guys notice and i just noticed it watching this installment of the movie if sam had billy's last name she'd be sam loomis hey Ooh. <laughs> that, that's a that's a fun little gag there Ooh, fun. <laughs> i wonder if they meant to do that they probably did <laughs> probably i also just like that they're known as the carpenter sisters like i just... know that's kind of <laughs> i i didn't notice that until this one too i'm like oh carpenter hmm <laughs> well i i got the carpenter thing but them being called the carpenter sisters just makes me be like oh i'd buy that record i'm sure it's like some 60s like nancy sinatra like type yeah. deal you know i i looked it up and guess who has an uncredited cameo in the movie Ooh, ooh. i think you should leave star and comedian tim robinson because remember quinn has that off-screen boyfriend who keeps on yelling in and yeah that was him oh really yeah Wait, which one was quinn quinn was the um the slutty roommate yeah the slutty roommate it turned uh, out to be the daughter yeah. of uh the cop you keep hearing her doing her boyfriend and you just hear his voice Wait, who's paul yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's Tim Robinson? You know, he's the star of I Think You Should Leave, that sketch comedy show on Netflix that's really big. Gotcha. I haven't watched that yet, so oh, that's why it went over my head. And just uh, one, and one other thing I wanted to bring up, just that probably one of my favorite segments in the movie had to be the subway sequence, mm-hmm. just because that that one really had me on edge. And also, yeah. it just further uh, kind of pushes, in my opinion, that Ghostface may have supernatural powers, because uh, you would have to have some kind of supernatural power to make your way for a crowded subway train like that. Well, yeah. 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 The thing is, that was one of the benefits, I think, to setting it on Halloween because. Yeah. Yeah. Because on this subway and the people, they get separated, the two groups of because mm-hmm. they're, you know, there's like, you know, six or eight people making their way to this shrine where the big final boss battle is going to happen. And they get separated because New York and Halloween, there's so many hustling and bustling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so Mindy and um the, the Virgin, um they get put on one subway car and everyone else is on the other. And that's where Mindy gets attacked and killed. Yeah, and they Whoa, build it up, though, because you're not sure because there's a bunch of assholes dressed up yeah. as Ghostface on both trains. You're like, oh, is yeah. it this one or is it this one or is it this one? That's the thing. And then they show one that you're pretty sure is the real Ghostface because he's just staring at her while the other ones are off doing their other thing. And then he'll be gone. But there will be other ones there. And you're like, OK, wait, which one was that guy then? Yeah, it's uh, I think setting on a Halloween was a brilliant move. And on that note, it also made for a lot of great Easter eggs and kind of cameo stuff because like the I Babadook. saw Michael Myers, <laughs> the Babadook. And uh, also there's a Mojo Jojo costume, which yep. is a really fun little bit, because as we all know, Roger L. Jackson, who does the voice of Ghostface, also did the voice of Mojo Jojo on the Powerpuff Girls. That he did. I loved the uh, the bride from Ready or Not costume on the train. That was yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed it in the trailer too. That so, so that was a real fun one. Poor Lindsay, dude. She was sitting next to me, and I just kept slapping her leg just every time there was like something. Just like, oh, did you see that? Oh, did you see that? <laughs> you just keep on doing the Rick Dalton thing, pointing at the screen. Oh, look at that. Yeah. That's the Iron Giant. <laughs> That's the Iron Giant. 
But because I'm trying to be nice and not talk in the theater, I'm just slapping her leg. She's like, what? And I'm just like, did you see the pride thing? Did you see the, did you see the terrible uh, pinhead mask? Uh, <laughs> but also that scene captured really well urban transit. Yeah. Just the everyone bunched up on one end and then the people who were in really rough shape on another and everyone's just kind of leaving them alone and all that stuff. And like, oh, what a gnarly stabbing, too. I also really loved you guys know the rules, you know, where they in the screen movie where they sit down and they explain the rules. And Mindy's like, I know this. I got this. I got this all figured out. Like the whole thing, just you could feel mm-hmm. like them being like, uh, why not you guys, you know, and looking yeah. back and knowing who the ghost faces are and knowing that two of them were in there. You're looking back and you're like, oh, man, they're subverting her. They're fucking with her during this bit. Did you guys stay for the um, after credits? There's an. After oh wait, there credits. was an after credits. There's an after credits. Right. Well, what? it's a very short one, but at the end of the credits, um, after the credits, um, it's Mindy in that scene where she's explaining stuff outside. She goes, "And not every movie needs a post credits scene." Ah, <laughs> and then okay. It God damn it. <laughs> oh man, I missed that. No. Oh, no. So it's sort of like a sort of like a Ferris Bueller one. Oh, you know, okay, so it's okay. it's it's making fun of itself. But yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. Well, if I see it again, I'll stay for the whole thing. I stayed through the credits because I was looking for any shout outs to Piltergeist and Paramore, which there weren't any. Mm. Uh. Yeah, I think that's all that we have to say. All we have to spoil about uh, Scream 6. So I hope that you either saw it or didn't mind it being spoiled because we basically told you everything, um, including the post credits. <laughs> That's why this is a mini so Do you agree with Jay or do you agree with me on do you think someone should have died? If so, who do you think should have died? Oh. Well, it, I'm with you. I'm with John on this. Now, I, I think that they should have at least kept mm. Mindy and Chad dead. But then they mm. couldn't be the core four. Yeah. yeah the core I love two. the core four now. And like maybe they're saving that for the third <sighs> movie in the, in the trilogy, <sighs> you know? I don't know. It, it was it was the, the, the safe the safe bet. I think the safe bet became unsafe because now it's mm, like, what's okay. going to happen in the next one? All right. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess they subverted the trope by following it. I don't know. Again, mm. when, when you when you show that anything can happen, <laughs> anything can go right. Where do you go from there? You either up it or you subvert it. OK, right on. Well, you two are wrong, but that's OK. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> so. Uh, what do you think of Scream 6? And are, are you Team J or are you Team John? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you are because whoever agrees with Korea is wrong. We'll uh, we'll see you with another mini-sode and another episode soon. For me, I'm James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm right. No, I'm John Korea. <laughs> Keep your eye on mini-sodes. Mini-sodes! <laughs> mini-sode! <laughs> Since this mini-sode is filled with spoilers for Scream 6, which is still in theaters, uh, we aren't going to play a clip from the episode. Instead, I'm going to sing you guys a little ditty. Take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the tracks. Uh, where the verdict looms like a bird of doom and it shifts and cracks.
where the secrets lie is a border fires in the home and wires man you ever is coming back just the square past the bridge past the mills past the stacks on a gathering storm calls a tall handsome man in the dusty black coat with a red right hand He'll wrap you up in his arms and tell you you, you've been a good boy. He'll rekindle all the dreams you took a lifetime to destroy. He'll reach deep in a hole and he'll check in soul, but there won't be a single thing that you can do. He's, he's a god, he's a man, he's a ghost, he's a guru. Do they're whispering his name in this disparate land and hidden in his coat is a red right hand. You won't have me. He'll get you some. You don't have a car. He'll get you one. You don't have no self-respect. He'll feel like an insect. Well, don't you worry, buddy, because here he comes through the ghetto, through the borrow and the bowery and the slum. A sh- shadow is cast wherever he stands. Stacks of green paper in his red right hand. You see him in your nightmares, you'll see him in your dreams. He'll he'll appear out of nowhere, but he ain't what he seems. 
Yosi is head head on the TV screen. Hey, buddy, I'm warning you to turn it off. He's a ghost. He's a god. He's a man. He's a guru. Do your microscopic cog in his catastrophic plan, designed and directed by his red right hand. Boom, 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 boom. Well, if you just listened to all of that, um, I I don't know what to tell you. Except that I'm a fucking one-take wonder, motherfuckers. 